Michael Heyman and you're listening to a special Changemakers collaboration with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the travel club for hotel lovers. Over the course of this series, we will be spotlighting some of the world's most innovative, luxurious and sustainable hotels and the partnerships and double acts behind them. Now today, I'm delighted to be joined by Sonu Shibdasani and Ava Shibdasani, founders and creative directors of the Seneva Hotel Group. It was a visit to the Maldives for a fashion shoot that was to first create the connection for Ava with the Maldives and in 1995, Visualizing the potential for a new way of life, this double act opened their first hotel, Seneva Fushi, back in that day. Now, today, Seneva is the flourishing community of three bespoke resorts, working hand-in-hand with the environment to craft beautiful tailor-made experiences. And where, as to use their own words, discovery is a way of life, and it's no news, no shoes, and barefoot luxury. To tell us more, Sonu and Ava, welcome to Changemakers. A real pleasure um, to welcome you both to the show. Now, Sonu, I, I, I feel relaxed even talking to you because we're going around the world in eight episodes and today it's the Maldives. I, I've watched your wonderful 25th anniversary. Tell us a little bit about it. Introduce us to the idea. To, to, to Sunevo. Thank you, Michael. It's an honour to be on this podcast. So thank you for thinking of us. Yes, yeah, so Seneva is, it's evolved over the years. I, I like to describe our journey as the onion. Every time you peel off one layer, you find there's another thing to discover. You think you've cracked the code, you've done everything that's possible. There's a new discovery. And I think that's been very much the journey of Ava and I with this development. In terms of Seneva, in terms, in terms of what sort of makes us different, it's, it's our, our values and our beliefs and our philosophy. We, of course, have lots of tangible USPs, which people might talk about, such as water slides from private villas into the sea or sliding roofs and cheese and ham rooms and plant-based restaurants and plant-based options in all our in all our outlets and the food in general an overall focus on wellness the cinema the observatory our no news no shoes philosophy so those are tangible usps but Seneva is different because of our philosophy mm. our core purpose is imaginative and engaging slow life essentially what we're doing is we're offering our guests luxuries whilst minimizing our impact on the planet and enhancing their health and um, we do that by questioning and challenging what really is a luxury, because the context of our guests has changed. Historically, the successful were the landed gentry, uh, living in big estates in the countryside, fresh air, fresh food, space and privacy. Today, it's the opposite. The successful people who can afford to stay with us are urban. And a lot of what was taken for granted in the past is now rare. Mm-hmm. Space and privacy. Space, space and privacy are at a premium. Uh, food, fresh food and fresh air are a challenge. And so with Suneva, it's all about inspiring a lifetime of rare experiences because that's what luxury is about. It's about what you don't get every day, what is new but true. But but let's just stick on this issue about the philosophy, Ava, because I think they're really, I mean, by the way, I mean, I've, you know, if you look at your Instagram profile for Suneva, if you look at all of the you know, accompanying literature, you get a sense of a very special, beautiful place. But you also get a sense of a place with a soul. I love this phrase, guardians of places that have existed long before us. If it gives a sense of, of the spirit of Seneva in terms of how you might, might define it and how you feel about it. Yeah, it's actually very interesting because we once had a, a Feng Shui artist, master, come to the island. A very, very big one, actually, from UK. But she started with a big Chinese master. And she stepped onto the island and she said, oh, my God, he said, said, I have never felt an energy like this. And she said, your guest will just flop. And you, you will not be able to work at all, <laughs> which, which is not true because 
I work day and night anyway. <laughs> but there is for sure, for sure, um, a spirit, a good spirit feel on the island. I mean, the energy is very good. People say so. Mm. And, and everybody is very, gets very relaxed. And like she said, flop. So um, I think it's really, really special. And, you know, certain, certain places have this kind of feeling. And we are so blessed to have it, to have, you know, to have that island. And nobody wanted that island. It was called Mosquito Island. And nobody, but now that we have this amazing mosquitoes anymore, so now we are all set. Mm. I mean, Sonny, I mean, you, you were talking about the, the idea of, of sustainable luxury in, in your, your first answer. And of course, having watched the, the videos that celebrate your, your 25th anniversary, which many, many congratulations for, but Cynics will always say that, you know, sustainable luxury, there's a contradiction there. Can, can you have both? You are a great proponent that, yes, you can. And I suppose I'd like you to explain that to listeners in terms of how those two words come together in terms of the reality of the place, a sustainable and luxurious destination. Yes, no, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a very good question. We are often asked the same question and, and there are certain markets where people say, they still say today in the 21st century, well, if it's sustainable, it can't be luxurious. And I'm not going there because it's just too sustainable. But um, that hasn't been our experience. We've won. In fact, we're one of the few hotel groups to have won the equivalent of the Oscars more than once for luxury in travel and tourism, as well as sustainability in travel and tourism. The World Travel and Tourism Council gave us their Tourism for Tomorrow Award in 2008 and then again in 2015. Mm. And the readers of Condé Nast Traveller UK have voted us best of all categories in 2000 and then again in 2008. So sustainability and luxury do actually go hand in hand and they do actually feed off each other. And I think, let, let me sort of perhaps give some examples of how that works. So I mentioned earlier is we we achieve this. We, we, we offer our guests luxuries whilst minimizing our impact on the planet and enhancing their health. And we do that by questioning what is a luxury because of the context of the successful. And so if you're urban, which is the context of a lot of our guests today, walking barefoot for a week is something you can't do. You might be the richest man in India with a 40-story apartment as your house, you know, apartment block as your entire house. You might be one of the richest men in Paris, but can you walk barefoot for a week or have that salad that was plucked fresh from the garden that morning mm. or watch a movie where the stars are not just on the screen or talking about the stars seeing the stars through one of the largest telescopes wherever we operate with someone like Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the moon, or Massimo Terengi, who runs the largest telescope in the Atacama Desert, or just our resident astronomer explaining the universe out there, or just simply having a shower, listening to the hotel's Bose sound system with your favorite song already thought by the Barefoot Butler, put, put onto the iPod and watching the full moon as you're having a shower, these big open gardens waterfall showers. You can't do those if you're um, in an urban context. And they're not necessarily the most challenging from an ecology point of view. Walking barefoot means that there's less marble or or stone. Um, the spaces are open. You don't need air conditioning because you're cooling down from your feet. It's very healthy for you because we know that walking barefoot can be incredibly grounding and you're touching the irons and you're getting the, the natural negative irons which the earth is full of and which we need of. Having that salad from the garden you, it means that you're not importing food from abroad and of course it's much healthier for you and you know when you live in an urban context to have a fresh salad that was plucked that morning becomes really nice. Our, our guests, we have Italian guests who say that they've never had a rocket salad like they have at Sineva Fushi. Right. It's odd because we're in the Indian Ocean but we carefully curate and cultivate our soil 
Mm. Uh, so, so these are examples I touched upon, which are clearly very rare for our guests. They're new to them, but they're true. They ring a chord in their heart when they try it. And they're quite often the more sustainable. They are the most more sustainable often. And I can give you two other examples where it's a perfect example of it. All our chocolates are dark chocolate. Dark chocolate has certain polyphenols and things which are very good for you, helps the blood pressure, and they're, they're fair trade. They're supporting rainforest communities. Our wines are biodynamic. And there's an example of Chateau Ponte Canet, a fantastic Bordeaux vineyard. They were growing normally like everywhere else in, in Bordeaux. They were rated in 1855 when they did the big classification as a second growth. But suddenly in 2004, they go organic. And in 2007, they go biodynamic. And if you look at their Robert Parker and Wine Spectator scores, they were hovering in the 82s, 83, sometimes 89. Once or twice, they'd go above 90 points out of 100. And then suddenly 2004, they scored 95. 2007, they went biodynamic. And 2009 and 10, Parker and Wine Spectator both gave them 100 out of 100, mm-hmm. which is, you know, there have been six or Six, six, ten wines maximum rated like that. So it's a per- these are perfect examples of where the more sustainable option what, is also what, the nicer what, option. And I get the impression when you read, you know, what a lot of guests say about it. There's a real passion for the results that you've created and a real buy-in to the idea that these are sustainable destinations where the environment features really heavily in how they are curated. Now, back to the idea of the passion project, Ava. I mean, obviously, one of the things that we're looking at in this series are are brilliant double acts, you know, people that bring something special to the party. So so tell us about how it works with you and Sonu as as and, and in fact maybe how you met and how you got got sort of onto the idea of actually, I know what we're gonna do. We're gonna go and open a hotel in the Maldives. <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> That's a very funny story because, you know, as you know, I, I went to the Maldives in the end of the 70s, actually, to do a photo shoot. I absolutely loved the place. I didn't like the hotels whatsoever. I mean, it was really awful. But I loved the place. The sand, the, the, the sun, the palms. I mean, and I said to myself, I will only come back here one day when I'm really in love with somebody. And, you know, nobody knew about the Maldives at the time. I mean, even the Indians didn't know. They are just across the channel, you know. And uh, so when I met Sonu in 1986, he took me to Goa. And I must say, Goa, with all due respect, I did not like much. And I said, next year, I'll take you to my dream place. So I took him to Maldives and the hotels were still awful, <laughs> really awful. So I said, I, I can't stand it. It's awful, really awful. And, and then, but then we found an Italian hotel. And, you know, Italians always eat good wherever, mm. wherever they are. And with a small hotel, only eight rooms. And so we kept, we lived in Geneva at the time. We kept going back. We couldn't even go long weekends because the planes were not expensive and it cost nothing to stay. I mean, it was a diverse paradise. I mean, so cheap. And so we kept going, um, you know, as, as often as we could. And finally, we said, look, this is ridiculous to leave for us and a few, you know, a, f- a few villas for friends or whatever, or, you know, to rent. And of course, nobody wanted even to talk to us because at the time, the government, you know, they were looking for big, big hotels, many rooms. Actually, so never Fushi, if it, we got it through the government, we would have to build 350 rooms, can you imagine? Mm. Which means all the vegetation would have been gone. I mean, you know, no way. And and so we were very lucky because my sister was in the Maldives with her boyfriend. He was working there for, you know, over summer. And she met this Maldivian guy who spoke fluent Swedish, married to a Swede, and said, I know, I know a fantastic island that nobody wants because it's full of mosquitoes and nobody <laughs> 
ever lived there, you know, only only visited. I mean, gone by with the boat or whatever. But but she said you can get it. You can get it for you know for a song or whatever. So so he said so Sonia said let me go have a look. And he said I can't believe my eyes. It's so incredibly beautiful. So then we said well we can't get there because at the time you couldn't travel. There was a very it's a very ferocious channel crossing over to Sonevafushi in Baratol. And at the time, and, and the wind comes from the side, so so many boats had capsized. And then finally, we had the stroke of luck when the son of Pearson, you know, from England, he um, he had to leave the country for for a year. And he said, where, where I want to go, I want to go to Maldives. And, be, and because he was the pilot, the helicopter pilot. And he said, I put up a helicopter company. And because of this, we were a lot, we were, mm. we had the possibility to go now. So we immediately bought into that company to make sure they would fly all the way to the bar at all, because there was nothing in the bar at all at the time. And the rest is history. Well, but I'm reminded, Sonny, of that phrase. And what could possibly, go wrong so you've landed on a an island that's difficult to get to it's full of mosquitoes you've, you've presumably not got a track record together of running running hotels and, and here we are 25 years later and you've got one of the world's most admired hotel groups what gave you the the inspiration and the belief that you could go and actually create a business a sustainable business that that ultimately would would be i i guess a, a defining part of both of your lives but you know, you can do anything you want if you really want it. <laughs> yeah. And I think youth as well. We were both very young. <laughs> so I, I, I sort of describe developments in the Maldives in the early days, because as you say, there were just so many challenges. And I believe strongly that when you desire something and you believe in something and you take a leap of faith, the result happens. And I describe our developments in the Maldives in the early days was like jumping off the diving board, that leap of faith, mm. into an empty pool. And your hope was that by the time you come to the surface, the pool is filled <laughs> up with water. And I think if we hadn't done that and had that attitude, I don't think we would have been able to achieve much. And I, I'm not sure it's just us. There were a couple of other early starters in the Maldives, and I suspect they had to do the same as well. Yeah, Sona, yeah. because we, the good thing was that we did not know about all the problems. So yeah. we were completely blue-eyed and had no idea about hotels what's, except staying in them. And I think that was a good thing. Yeah. Even there's, there's, there's a very good very good saying by the author Iris Murdoch. She, she wrote, jump and a net will appear. That, that's the version of the swimming pool idea. But I mean, in terms of the philosophy, it strikes me that getting it away, getting away from it all, you know, sort of like switching off. How, how easy to guess actually find living up to, to the philosophy of actually, you know, the the no news, bare, sh- uh, bare feet philosophy, barefoot luxury. I mean, to guess just willingly sort of get it and just say, right, I'm parking my smartphone and, and that's it. Or, or do they actually find it quite difficult to switch off? We try and encourage our guests to do so. So we do have fantastic Wi-Fi connection if you need it. But what we're very particular about, and this is a big passion of Ava, is the ability to turn the Wi-Fi off. Mm. So all of our rooms actually have beautiful switches where it says Wi-Fi and you turn it on and off. Right. um, We don't have cable TV. So our our villas have TVs, but they're well hidden. So Ava's come up with lovely designs like a beautiful TV trunk at the foot of the bed. It's like four amazing mal, you know, like those those beautiful trunks from Louis Vuitton or someone else, but obviously um, very elegant. 
and you open one of them and there's a TV hidden or there's one in the wall hidden, so which you don't see. They're very discreet. And we have, you can watch, not cable TV, but you can watch movies on the iPod, etc. So we deliberately try and do that because I believe in this idea that Shakespeare, I think, developed for the first time, this idea of trying to create the suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. And he, that was quite important for him, this idea of a play within a play. So a lot of his plays... You have the actors playing another play. And so you're watching, for example, Bottoms play in Midsummer Night's Dream, and then the actors seem real because they're playing a play. And it's that idea of suspension of disbelief. And I also believe that that's the case with the holiday experience. If you can have no interruption, you get absorbed into a deeper level of relaxation than if you are continuously interrupted. So we do encourage our guests not to be in continuous contact. Cable TV is difficult. If you really insist, then we will dig a hole, a trench, put some cable temporarily if you want to watch a, a match or something like that. But we, we, it's not the default in the villas. And I think that helps. Yeah, but, in terms but, of we a, have, but we have free Netflix for everyone. But, but I, think, I think, yes, we, we're talking about, I suppose, those things that are available. But I think having read your story is that those are not necessarily the things that people are going there for. It strikes me that there is something about a reconnection with nature or with yourself or with your family or your partner, that there is something which is about almost taking some of this technology out of the equation in terms of what it allows you to, to achieve, Ava, I suppose. I mean, do you think that that, that, that is part of what visiting Seneva provides you with is that ability to reconnect with something deeper within. You know, most people really connect immediately, uh, surprisingly, and they understand immediately, you know, the the philosophy, the feel, especially in these times, the COVID times, because, you know, we are completely and utterly same as before COVID. I mean, everybody hugs and kisses and shakes hands and and socializes, absolutely no difference from before. So, you know, they, they go into this, <laughs> you have to believe actually as a search. I mean, they said, you know, this is amazing because, you know, we, we can't have this at home. And actually we had about four families who stayed for, they came for Christmas and they, they left in, in May because they said it was, you know, there was so, the philosophy and the feel is so nice. Mm. Just while we're on the, the, the pandemic, so it, it sounds there from Ava that, that, that it hasn't had perhaps the same effect or has it in terms of a lot of hoteliers that, that I'm speaking to will talk about, you know, the fairly devastating effects of, of COVID on, on their businesses. I mean, how, how has it been for you? The first few months were obviously a challenge, like with any crisis. We've been through many in our career, as you can imagine, jumping off diving boards, going into remote locations. And then that coupled with the context that we've had in this in this new century, when you think about, I remember when I was studying A-levels a- uh, French, I studied a French author and he was describing 19th century Europe and he described that period. And he said, la, la paix c'est l'interval entre les deux guerres. You know, peace is the gap in between two wars. And 21st century travel and tourism in Asia has been a bit like that. We had 9-11, then you had SARS, then you had the Asian tsunami, then you had birth flu, you then had the financial crisis. So these good times have been the gaps in between these challenges. So we've gone through a lot of crises and, and this is no different. You know, the first bit was a challenge. We didn't know what was happening. We found ourselves with the Maldives borders closed, the Thai borders closed. Out of our three hotels, two had no guests at all. One, we'd managed to, Suneva Fushi, we'd managed to get guests from other resorts who wanted to stick out the pandemic. And we managed to get long stay bookings. And so we've had about 70, 80 guests in house. But it was clearly very, very low numbers, quite scary. And I like 
Chinese wisdom, this idea, the actual Chinese word for crisis is two characters. One describes danger and the other character is change and opportunity. And so you have to first research, you have to think, you have to take as long as you can to make a decision so that you make the right decision and make sure it's as researched as possible, but it's very scary. And once you've sorted out the danger, then there's the opportunity to change and and evolve. And um, my experience from crises has been that in a way, organizations and human beings, you know, you can look at them in a positive way. And when you do look at the positive way, these words of Lao Tzu, good fortune has its roots in disaster, can be very true. And um, my experience has been that in a way, we as human beings and organizations, we resemble the coastline. It is the storms that actually define us. And how we respond to these storms can actually lead to our future success. Mm. And so in this particular case, once we got things sorted out, addressed our hosts, firstly, their, their physical, personal safety, because people were worried about dying. And secondly, their financial uh, security. We then had the opportunity to reinvent ourselves. And so we, we were remote islands. So our big promotion, once the borders reopened, was one island, one resort. You know, one island, one resort. We're remote. But we set up a laboratory. So we had the latest equipment from Roche and Kyogen, the two main companies producing real-time PCR test machines. So we had one machine from each, just to be sure. And then the extractor. And so we have a laboratory where we can do up to 2,000 tests a day today. And that was serving our guests as well as the community around us. And that meant that all our employees coming on our island were tested once. They were isolate, isolated for a week. Then they were tested again. And then they wore a mask for another week. And then after that week, they were allowed to de-isolate. So take off the mask after the third test. Our guests... They had come with a negative certificate when they arrive in Mali. But then again, we test them on arrival. The, our guests isolate for a couple of hours in the privacy of their villa, their private beach and private pool. And then they circulate. And so we created this COVID-free environment, which as Ava touched upon, was extremely popular because people could hug. They could have lunches together and enjoy themselves. And we've had many returns. So since last July, when the borders reopened, we've had some families to come back three times. There have been some mm. families who stayed... And to four months and and, and, and of course those physical things the ability to hug the ability to be together they're things that that people the world over are are missing now one of the things that that people the world over i i think are 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 increasingly talking about is nature and ecology and the planet and of course sustainability and responsibility seems to be very much at the heart Ava, of, of the of the philosophy I, I guess I, I read read all about your work with the Seneva Foundation and the idea that business needs to be more than just just shareholder returns I mean tell us a little bit about this sense I guess of citizenship of citizenship of the planet and the and the, and the difference that you want to make no but actually that has been my my point since since I was little because I you know, I'm born in Sweden, so it's green is written in my forehead. <laughs> so when when I when when we took this place, this island in the Maldives, I told Sono that we really have to do this extremely ecologically wise, in you know, as sustainable as possible. And Sono said, "Well, you just go ahead and do what you want. You know, just just do it." So I made sure that you know everything I used for the interiors or even for building the villas, we used only. I mean, absolutely no um, rainforest wood at all. Uh, everything plantation, plant, um, plantation wood, uh, bamboo wood. I mean, anything I could find that was 
ecological. I mean, I even went to the point of making things in papier mache. <laughs> so, you know, to make it really, really good. And actually, in 1998, I stopped uh, plastic straws, drinking straws. I said, you know, why are we having that? Mm. It's crazy when, when we can get to paper. So I was really, really adamant about, you know, not having these little plastic bottles with the amenities in, in the villas. And I made the ceramic bottles instead with the pump ever since, you know, 25 years and, and bought the, all the amenities in bulk. And, you know, everybody can do that. It's not difficult. It's, it, mm. it's very easy. But I think it's really, really important for the world to, to follow this, um, what do you call it, red thread and, and do that. And, um, and so every, people, of course, they thought I was crazy. I said, you can't even cut one tree. You can't even cut um, a branch without telling me first. And they looked at me like a mad woman. But now all of pe people working for us, all our hosts, are so in tune with this that they come to me if there's a problem say oh you know he cut the tree there i mean not the tree a bush i mean because i mean trees nobody can and you know they're, they're furious and they're upset so they really have picked this up well and, and i i suppose sonny in terms of like thinking about the future is that i mean obviously the maldives is on the the, the front line of things like you know rising ocean levels and you know the, the challenges of 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 climate change but also, I got the sense from the videos of just how committed the people around you are to, as Ava has said, to the idea that there is a, you know, there is a future out there that that you could be optimistic about and and <laughs> make it to. And of course, I mean, I suppose my last question to you is that is this is that to to use the the, the wonderful poem that you have on on your website to. Uh, where you thank the barefoot booksellers, the chocolatiers and the sandcastle superheroes to all of your friends who share your vision and to the many hands that built it and to all those that know you've barely begun. In terms of the what happens next, give us a sense of the next chapter of the adventure. The, ne the next, I guess, the next sort of diving board to jump from. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think it's it's sort of very much the same thing. So, I mean, to touch upon what we were, uh, what you explained earlier and which Ava elaborated on, I think a company must have a purpose beyond simply enriching shareholders like Ava and I and our partners. And when you can do that, that can be very engaging and motivating for your hosts. And I, I believe also that if we're going to solve some of the challenges of the 21st century, we as organizations need to solve the problems. Governments create the context but we need to find the solutions. And um, you can do that by small changes. Small changes the way we do business that doesn't affect our profitability, but we can, which can have a huge impact on people well beyond our shores, such as banning branded water, where apart from taking a linear process and making it circular, we found there was a financial saving. Our cost of water sales went from 20% of water revenues down to 2%, and that gave 800,000 people access to clean water or introducing a mandatory carbon levy where every guest pays 2% to offset the carbon. Apart from offsetting the carbon, it supports communities, half a million trees in Thailand, which supports the community, a 1.5 megawatt windmill, which gives a community subsidized energy or cook stoves in Darfur and Myanmar, supporting people up there. So I think when you can do that, it can be very engaging to your hosts. And fundamentally in travel and tourism and hospitality and the service industry, the most important thing is not how big the villas are or how elaborate your restaurants are or how many treatments you have on your spa uh, menu. It's that passionate, engaged service, the magical service. And magical service can be trained only to an extent. It has to come from the gut. So I think the more true we are to our slow life core purpose, the more sustainable we are. And the more true we are to our philosophies and beliefs, the more authentic we become, the more genuine we are, the more passionate our hosts are. 
about what we do and believing in Suneva and getting up each morning, really want to create, wanting to create magic. So I think from that perspective, whatever we do do going forward will be true to our core purpose. And it's the onion, you know, we're continuously unfolding. So on the sustainability side, we're adding more solar. Solar is fundamentally dramatically cheaper in our context than diesel generated fuel. The only challenge is the battery from an ecological point of view, lithium and batteries don't recycle very well. They don't carry load after a while, they deteriorate. But we're moving a lot of our energy to the daytime and introducing substantially more solar. So we believe that within two or three years, 70% of our energy will come from renewables. Coral propagation is another big project because the coral is dying. But in another 20 years, the remaining 80% of what remains of coral will be dead. So we've got to find solutions. And we're, we want to have the biggest coral propagation of any place on the planet. And that's mm. our current goals there on sustainability. And then in terms of the experiences, we're continuously inventing new experiences, but along that whole idea of slow life and inspiring a lifetime of rare experiences and thinking about what's rare for our guests. Absolutely wonderful. I have to say, having listened to you both, Sana and Ava, thank you very much for, for joining me. And I was thinking, you know, I, I think that that your activism is is the activism of, of custodians of a place and a place that you are working with the grain of and you know the core purpose of a slow life i think is one that many people uh, might be listening to this podcast and thinking yes i i quite like some of that so uh, i think you've captured something wonderfully special congratulations to you both on on your 25th anniversary thank you very much for sharing the uh, the Suneva journey with us so sonu and Ava, thank you for joining me on change makers thank you michael thank you so much thank you thank you thank you, thank you for having us yeah, it's a real honor thank you Thanks for listening to Changemakers with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And you can find out more about the Smith Hotels collection at mrandmrsmith.com, where listeners to this podcast can enjoy a special £30 discount off any of these extraordinary hotels with the voucher code CHANGEMAKERS. That's the voucher code CHANGEMAKERS for £30 off any Smith hotel. Thanks for joining us. Changemakers is brought to you by the campaign's firm Seven Hills and presented by me, Michael Heyman. Pure Being is the name of our soundtrack and it's written and performed by the brilliant BT Wolf. To find out more, head over to changemakers.works and if you like what you hear, why not give us a rating?